Let me pray for us tonight, and then we'll just dive into the Word of God. So anyway, um, God, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Um, God, I thank you just for everything that you're doing here in JHM and just all the excitement that we have um, coming up, God, with Instagames and life groups and um, just everything kicking off, Lord. I just pray that you would just open our hearts tonight, Lord, um, just to hear your word and just hear more about what does it mean to be wise and why we would want that, God. So I just um, thank you so much for who you are, God. I just pray that you would speak to us right now, um, open our hearts to receive your word. In name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, who's excited for life groups to start? I want to know that. Who's signed up? Y'all are signed up? I'm signed up. I'm super pumped. I'm going to be here on Tuesday night. Okay, life groups actually launch on Tuesday night, and we want all of you guys in a life group. And here's my great idea. So, Tuesday night, we have life groups. They're going to kick off. If you don't know who your life group is, you're going to know who it is on Tuesday night, which is pretty awesome. What? Oh, thanks. I know I have a life group t-shirt on. Get me in a jhmlifegroup.com. I think Justin's wearing it. Paul's wearing it. Jess is wearing it. Serena's wearing it. We're all wearing it. So get in a junior high life group. But here's my great idea. My great idea is you guys find, figure out who your life groups are on Tuesday. And then Instagames is like that Saturday. Okay. It's gonna, yeah, this is the best idea ever. So just listen up. Okay. So you guys should get your life group together. And you should plan a sleepover for that Saturday night to participate in the Instagames. What do you think about that? I think that's awesome. That is such a smart idea. I was like, I am so brilliant right now. Not really. But I thought that was a really clever idea. You guys should all do it. That way you can get to know people in your life group better. You can start having fun together. And you don't have to wait until life groups the following Tuesday, which is awesome. So plan to participate in the Instagames. It's going to be great. And speaking of smart, um, we're actually in a series about wisdom. It's called You Make the Call, Winning with Wisdom. That is our series that we are going through. Um, Justin spoke last week about what does it mean to be wise and kind of like the whole idea of, man, there's so many decisions that we can make. They can be the right decision or the wrong decision. And a lot of times we're so worried about doing the right thing versus the wrong thing. And then sometimes there's actually a right thing and a right thing. It's like, okay, what kind of cup do you want? And you're like, uh, green or blue? And it's like, well, none of those is either the wrong decision. They're both right. But sometimes in that case, we have to figure out, like, what is the wise decision to make? Sometimes there's not always a wise decision, but a lot of times that there, there is. And so there could be two right decisions. And you're not necessarily doing something wrong. But what is the wise decision? What is something that is going to allow you to be wise? And um, it's pretty exciting. So the best question is to ask is not, is not what the right thing to do is, but what is the wise thing to do? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that tonight. Um, and, and what does that look like? Because I think asking this question really will lead us out of trouble and harm and into God's best for us. So asking what is the wise thing to do really leads to like what God's best for us is. It's not something that, that is like, oh, it just, just is what it is. But it's like it really keeps us away from trouble and away from harm and like really gives God's best for us, which is a really cool thing and is a great way to live. So that's why we're looking at that. Um, and we're actually looking at a book in the Bible called Proverbs. Um, Justin talked last week about a guy named King Solomon who actually had a dream where God asked, hey, you can have anything in the world. What would you choose to have? And Solomon asks for wisdom. 
And that is a really cool thing. And God actually honors that. And because he asked for that, this is what I think is so cool about Solomon. He actually wrote the book of Proverbs. So we actually get to know what are the wise things that God even showed him, which is super cool. We can read it right in our Bible, in the book of Proverbs. So there was two verses that actually stuck out to me this week. Um, it was Proverbs 1.7 and Proverbs 13.20. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 13.20 is, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And so my question is, like, what, there's like a lot of things in this, in these two verses that I think really help um, us to kind of discover how do we get wisdom? What are the things that we need to do to get wisdom? Because it's not something that just comes to us, like, God had to give that to Solomon. So, like, what, what can we do to get wisdom? So I came up with two things that I really think that these verses um, kind of show us and help us out with. Um, so to get wisdom, the first thing we need to do, this is something that you want to write down, first thing to do to get wisdom is to put God first in our lives, to put God first. Um, that is something that is um, really important because the first verse was talking about, like, the fear of the Lord. And sometimes that's something that's a little bit hard to understand, like, oh my gosh, am I supposed to be afraid of God? Or like, what is that? And it's really, what it is, is to be reverent of God and to put God first and to, for us to be second. And that is a very um, hard thing to do sometimes. And it's kind of just like, okay, God, you know what you're doing and I don't. And so I'm going to give you control. I'm going to look to you for wisdom and for the right thing to do and this, the best thing to do. And so that's the first thing to do when we, to get wisdom. The second thing is to want and actively pursue wisdom. So basically, we have to want to have wisdom to get it. We can't just like, like be like, oh yeah, whatever, I don't even want wisdom, and blah, 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 it's like not that important or whatever. Like we really have to want it to get it. We have to pursue it and look after it, and we have to ask God for it because he's the source of wisdom, and he knows everything. And so why wouldn't we want to know everything um, like want God who knows everything to teach us. Like that's a really cool thing and God can do that. And so we have to pursue it. Um, it's not something that just comes naturally on its own. And the third thing to get wisdom is that we have to surround ourselves with wise people. So wisdom does not come by going at it alone. Like if we're just by ourselves and we're just like, oh, I just want to do the wise thing or like whatever. It's like really hard to do that. Like God says, no, like I need you with me and I need you in community. I need you with people that are actually wise. So like it's seeking out those people that um, put God first in their lives and want wisdom. It's seeking out those kind of people and to be around them because that last verse says to become wise, we have to we have to walk with the wise. And so, like, that's kind of just, like, the sharpening of two people. Like, God puts us in community to teach us more about himself and just about what wisdom is and how, to, how is the best way to live because God knows the best way to live. And so that is how to get wisdom. Okay, moving on. Um, I have a quick question for you guys. How many of you in this room watch football? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. That is awesome. I... <laughs> Okay, I'm going to tell you that. You're, you're real smart. Okay, here we go. Um, I am not much of a football fan. Like, I mean, I'll watch it if it's on and people like to watch it. I'm like, all right, cool. This is awesome. But my family is, like, huge SC fans, okay? Like, my dad will put up his flag. He'll wear his jersey. Like, our flag's already out today because they probably had a game today. I don't even know. He, like, puts it up on game day and, like, whatever. And then... Listen to this. Listen to this. This might be your team. 
okay? Um, um, the neighbor across the street, his name's David, okay? Like King David, what, what, what? Okay, crazy, crazy. Okay, so my neighbor named David, and he is a UCLA fan. Is that your team? Dang. All right, is that your team? Dang. Okay, well, he's a UCLA fan, so USC, UCLA, we're always button heads. It's crazy, and so he came over today, actually, to give my, my dad a little bit of, you know, hey, you know, blah, 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 and he puts out his flag on game day. Like, they had a whole thing where UCLA and USC played against each other, and the bet was whoever won that day, um, you know the address thing on the street? It's, like, white with the numbers on it. Um, whoever team lost had to paint um, that, that, so like my dad, okay, anyway, UCLA won, I'm like really butchering this, UCLA won that night, and so my dad had to paint our street sign blue. It was the worst. My dad is so upset. It was like the worst ever. But here's the deal. This is what I think about football. It's like we all have our team, right? Who's your team? 49ers. 49ers. All right. Yeah, okay, you guys are all like pro football fans. All right. Buffalo Bills, what are you? Broncos? Okay, so we have these football teams, and we're super passionate about them, right? It's football season right now. Like, we are getting into to, to like the game time, and things are going awesome, and we're just like, man, this is my team, and it's the best team. So it's really like not, it's not about like, oh, oh, like I have a good team or whatever. It's like, who has the best team, right? It's all about who's got the best team, not like, oh, your team's good and blah, 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 but who's got the best team? And it's so true. And here's the deal. Um, from the insider's perspective, like the coaches and the people that draft teams and stuff like that and find the players, like they're really looking to build the best team. They really want the best team because they want to win, right? So um, this is kind of funny because I actually grew up playing soccer. Um, and yeah, I've been on probably, I don't know if I've been on the best team, but I've been on some really good teams and like the worst teams. I've been like privileged to be on the worst team ever. And so it was actually called the Purple Flash. I was 10 um, and I'm a defender in soccer and um, I am playing obviously. And like everybody on my team, I don't know why that year, it was like everyone's first year playing. They're just playing because their mom signed them up. I have no idea. But when you play, you kind of play, you gotta like all wanna win to win and like all this stuff. So. Um, I'm on this team, and I'm like, oh, I'm, like, doing so bad because my team's not working together. We're just not doing it, you know? It's, like, it's not happening. It was, like, the worst ever. And so a lot of times it's, like, but then I've been on the best teams, and it's, like, oh, my gosh, like, our team's so good. Like, things are happening. I scored that goal because she was good enough to pass it to me. I didn't have to, like, play everybody's position and go crazy. And it was just, like, man, being on the best team sometimes, like, makes you better doesn't it? It's just like it helps you be the best that you can be. When someone else isn't pulling their weight and they're not on the best team, it's like, oh, I'm just like really not doing so good right now. And so my question is, um, what team are you building? Because we can't become wise alone. And that's the thing that I really want to focus on today. Um, we have to put God first. We have to want wisdom. And we have to be on the best team to become wise. Like we have to surround ourselves with the best people. We have to surround ourselves with those people that wanna follow God and want wisdom too. And that's really important. Like we have to be living with a group of people who do that. And um, 
Because a lot of times it's like, man, like these people, like the people that are the best people, chances are they're doing the wise thing. They're probably practicing that and trying to practice. We're not perfect when we're not doing the wise thing. Like we're not always doing the wise things, wise things when we follow God and all that. But chances are is that most of the time we are, which is really cool. And so you want to surround yourself with those people in your life. So my question to you is, and like a lot of you have a paper and a pen, um, and so I want you to write this down. I want you to think for a second. My question is, who are the people in your life that you are surrounding yourself with? So I want you to write them down on that piece of paper, and I want it to be your closest friends and people that are your same age, the people that are your peers. Like, who, who are those people? Just jot their names down, whoever they are, who your closest friends are. Um, like, just, if they're not, like, don't, like, your, write your mom or your dad. Like, just write people who, who are your closest friends. Like, if they're, like, 15 or whatever, perfect. Write them down. Um, but don't write, like, junior high staff. Don't write, like, mom or dad or whoever, because those aren't your, your peers. Yeah, don't write Jesus. I want people, like, your friends. So think about that. Write that down. And these usually are the people that you're with the most. Like the people that you're with the most during, at school or maybe they're here at church or they're in your life group or something like that. Like write those people down. Yeah. Um, you can write them down. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Just if they're your friends, not someone who's like mom or dad. Okay. Um, all right. Is everyone done writing? Almost. Okay. I'll wait two seconds. All right, so my question for you, as you look at those people who you're writing down and you're thinking about those people, are they people who put God first in their lives and want wisdom? I want you to answer that question in your mind. Are, those, are they the people who put God first and want wisdom? Or, when you're looking at that list, are they people who cause, us, cause you to make not so great decisions and get into trouble. What kind of people are those people on your list? People who put God first and want wisdom or people who cause us not to make so great decisions and get us into trouble? Okay, here's my next question. How many of you have ended up with the wrong people at the wrong time? Yeah, I know, me too. It's like the worst ever, isn't it? And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble and I was not wanting this. This is like the worst ever. It's so bad. Um, and this was me in junior high. I didn't have the best friends. I wasn't a Christian yet. Um, I was going to church, but I had no idea who Jesus was. I went to church in the, like since I was in third grade and no idea who everybody was talking about in, in this room and stuff like that. And um, I didn't have the best friends at school. I had friends that were very selfish and friends that, that did things that I shouldn't, that, that my mom I know didn't want me to do and I didn't want to do. And um, my mom actually protected me from making unwise decisions. She told me, like, you can't go out with your friends on Friday night. You can't do this. No, you can't hang out with them after school. No, you can't. And I was just like, but mom, I need friends. Like, hello, what are you doing? And it was like the worst ever because I was just like, I can't hang out with my friends. And like, I was just so upset about that in junior high because they were the only friends that I had and it was the worst. But looking back on that, I know that my mom protected me from making unwise decisions that I probably wouldn't, wouldn't be strong enough to say no to. And that's a really huge deal. And the one thing that I can really think of 
um, something that was very unwise. I was about seven, um, and my neighbors across the street um, had, like, I used to, me and my sister, like, all the neighborhood kids used to hang out with each other. Um, and my neighbor's name was Kevin. He was my sister's age, two years younger. And I was over there just hanging out and whatever. Um, we were seven. We, were lo- we watched, watched, like, Land Before Time. I don't even know if you guys know what that is. It's, like, this really, yeah, this awesome movie, okay? So we would watch Land Before Time, and then we'd, like, go play Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers or something. And, um, but this one particular day, we decided, for whatever reason, it would be a really good idea to take some darts and pop some bike tires. Uh, yeah, it was the worst. Tell me about it. That was, oh, okay. Yes. So whatever reason in my mind, I was like, yeah, that sounds like so much fun. Then we can, like, stop your brothers from riding their bikes and blah, blah, blah. So we went out in the garage and started just taking darts and just popping all the bike tires. And I went home and just ne- didn't think anything of it. And my mom got a phone call from his mom. And they're like, all the bike tires in our garage are flat. Like, what happened? And um, um, so my mom came to me and asked, so what, what happened with the bike tires? <laughs> I was like, um, well, we took darts and we just popped them. <laughs> like, it was a, such a dumb decision. And so we just thought it would be fun. And my mom's like, well, do you know what you did when you did that? And I was like, no, don't you just pop or just pump them up? And then they're just pumped up again. And my mom's like, no, there's actually these inner tubes in bike tires that if you sever that, then you have to buy new ones to be able to pump pump it up again. And I was like, oh, well, that was a really bad idea. So she was like really mad at me. And she's like, you know what? We're going to go over to the neighbors. You're going to buy new inner tubes for bicycles with your own money. And this was like literally like, I think we popped maybe eight of them. So that's a lot of money when you're seven, okay? It was like 30 bucks. And I'm like, okay, well, here we go. I got to pay for these. And my mom made me pay for them. And then after that, to be completely honest, I didn't have good relationships with my neighbors because I did that. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't know that this, these ramifications, like these consequences could be so huge because I just popped a bike tire. Like, that's crazy. And just things like that. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, we just have to be so careful sometimes with the decisions that we make. Um, because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's like consequences to bad decisions and unwise decisions. There just is. And we have to be so careful. None of us are exempt. Um, There's a guy in the Bible. He was actually Solomon's dad, um, King David. If you guys know who he is, he is awesome. He is considered a man after God's own heart. He Follow God wholeheartedly. He pursued wisdom. He he like praised God. He's like he wrote the book like a lot of the stuff in the book of Psalms. You can read about it. Like he's just actively pursuing God like nobody's business. It's awesome. And he even surrounded himself with wise people who were considered David's mighty men. Um, and they're the people that fought for him in battle, and they're the king's men. And so he had all these group of guys that he did life with. And that is awesome. And so this is crazy. Um, And because of this, he actually chose to be wise in many situations. But there was this one time, this one time where David made the call not to be wise. It's the one time. And like, oh, my gosh, people talk about it all the time. And it's the story of David and Bathsheba. And so if you want to open your Bible, we are going to read from 2 Samuel chapter 11. Cody, that's you too. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Yep. Open your Bibles. It's not going to be on the screen, so that's why you need to open it. Second Samuel, beginning of the bu- beginning of the Bible. 
Old Testament. There you go. Just look for it. Help make Gabe help you. All right. Um, so David and Bathsheba. This is chapter 11, verse 1. So basically, this is um, what happens. Page 247. Thank you. Page 247 if you're not there. Um, so this is the one time when David did not put God first. He didn't want wisdom, and he didn't surround himself with his wise people. And it actually led to a series of events that had huge consequences. And so we're going to look at that today. Um, and so if you want to read with me, this is verse 1. It says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Okay, so here is David's first mistake. Who, all right, you're like, why, why is that a mistake? He just, like, remained in Jerusalem. Like, what does that mean? Like, okay, it's not necessarily right or wrong, but it's just unwise, like we had talked about. And so basically what's happening here is David is supposed to be fighting with his men. So all of his men are gone. David's in Jerusalem by himself. So he's alone, he's vulnerable, he's in a place where things could happen because he doesn't have accountability. Um, and if he decides not to put God first, then he's in trouble. Um, and so basically, David's leaving the door for other things to happen. And I don't know if David was lazy during this time or like what he was thinking, but a lot of times we kind of find ourselves in these situations too. And we're just like, oh, but it's just this one time or, you know, it's, it's not that bad or... I got this, and, and we probably know that's probably not the best thing to do, and we just justify it. And it's like, oh, man, we're in, we're in, we're in for more if that happens. Um, so what happens in 2 through 5, we're going to read that. It says this is what happens because David did that. It said, one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Oh, right? Oh my God, what is David doing? He's so crazy. Ah, like bad decision. Oh, he's like, so, so bad. Um, all right, well, here's the deal. So he makes Uriah, who is actually one of his mighty men, so he's sleeping with one of his life group people. So, like, this is like David's mighty men is his, like, life group, okay? And it's like David is sleeping with someone in his life group's wife. Like, this is not good. Like, it's so bad. Okay, so, but here's the deal. Like, the next, the whole rest of the chapter the whole rest of the chapter, David starts doing cover-ups. And he's like, oh, shoot, that was a bad idea. I got to figure out how to do it. So he orders Uriah to come back. And he's like, man, I need to get Uriah home. So he's sleeping with his wife. So he thinks that, that he impregnated his wife, not me. And so he, he tries twice, and Uriah does not go back. And it's like, all right, well, you know, this didn't happen. So my next plot is to kill him. So he actually, yeah, it's like the worst. And it's like, David, what are you? doing it's this horrible so he's like okay so i send them back out to battle because they're all at battle right and he tells he tells joab the commander to to pull back and leave uriah out there so that he would die and that's actually what happens 
And that, that is something that is so crazy. All because David is like, I made a mistake and I want to cover it up. And that's the worst. Because David, in that moment, was not pursuing God. He was not making wise decisions. Like, he was not wanting wisdom. And his men weren't there to say something about it. And it was the worst. It was so bad. And it's like, oh, man, this is crazy. And David, he, then, then God, okay, the God shows up in chapter 12, and he sends this prophet named Nathan to talk to um, David. And he's like, hey, dude, like, you did this thing. And he's, like, angry about it. David's, like, super upset. Um, and he's like, you know, whoa, and he's angry. And, uh, and, 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 he, and then, and then um, Nathan actually says something to him. I'm going to read it to you, actually. This is... Uh, Chapter 12, you don't need to turn there. But it says, um, okay, this is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, okay, out of your own household. This is because, this is because he did this, so God is not, not pleased with him. He says, this is what the Lord said. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. So David's repenting um, in this instance. And then Nathan says, the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die, but because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. And then chapter 18, on the seventh day the child died. So that baby, that... um, David and Bathsheba had together, it died because of what David did. And that was a consequence of, of like, all of his sins. And not only that, his whole family relationships are, are, like, just awful because of this one thing that David did. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it was, like, so unwise. But there's consequences to unwise decisions, aren't there? There just is. And um, my question to you um, about, like, what I had, right on your, I had you write on your paper about who's on your team, like who are the people that are closest to you. Um, that's why I asked that, because I want you to look at the list that you wrote down and ask these questions, like do they put God first? Are they pursuing wisdom? And are these the right people to be surrounding yourself with? I want you to think about that, because this is so important. So if the answer is no to any of those questions, like maybe there's a better team for you to pick. Maybe there's better friends that you can surround yourself with so that, so that when you don't want to follow God and you don't want to put God first and when, when you don't want wisdom, then those people are there to help you. Maybe you need that so that, that if something like what David did doesn't happen to you because we're not exempt. Like David was a man after God's own heart. Like God loved David. He did this detestable thing, something that was not good at all. And I don't want that to happen to you guys at all. And it's so important that we're doing life with the right people, with the best people. It's so important that we're doing life with the best people. Um, I actually wrote down my team. Um, and people literally, this is my team. So I have my life group with Caroline, Emily, Jessica, Mary Beth, and Kelsey. 
Um, we have been in a life group since 2005, and they are amazing. They really helped me in my walk with Jesus, and it's super, super exciting. Um, I have Jessica and Mary Beth on here again because they're my two best friends that um, just really sharpen me and ask me the hard questions, which I really need to hear sometimes because sometimes I don't want to hear it. And they have been super influential. Um, my friend Elisa, my friend Kate, my friend Aaron, um, the Mariners Junior High staff, you guys rock. I put you guys on there because I just appreciate you, and you're a part of that. Um, and then Carissa, my friend Carissa, and my friend Christy. So this is my team right now. But my team didn't always used to look like this. Like, I'm going to show you my junior high team. This is my junior high team. Three people. I had three friends that I considered good friends in junior high. Hannah, Tamira, and Ashley. And neither, none of these people were following Jesus. Like, Ashley was a really nice girl, and she encouraged me and stuff at school. Like, we um, became friends because we both have hearing aids, which is super rad. And so she was super nice, and she helped me through a lot of things, but she didn't love Jesus. And then Hannah and Tamara, they were just selfish people. They were, like, out to get me. They said really bad things behind my back, and I don't know why they were on my team. And, and then in high school, um, I had a new a new new team. So your teams can change is basically what I'm trying to tell you. Um, I went to Ocean Hills Church in high school and growing up, which is now Mariner's Campus, which is super fun. Um, so Ocean Hills Youth Group was super influential in my life, the high school youth group. Um, I became a Christian before I went into high school, um, and this group was huge for me. A lot of these people went to my school um, in high school, which is super rad. I know a lot of you go to the same middle school, which is super awesome, too. I bet you feel that same way. Um, and my friend Allison was on there, Brittany and Chantal. Brittany and Chantal were in that youth group, too. I did sports with them. Allison was my Mormon friend. Um, but she was on my team, too, just because we were close, and that's just who it was. And then it developed into this when college came around and now. And this is my best team that I have right now. And I'm just showing you this, you guys, because your team can change. Like, you can, you can, you become close to people in certain se seasons of your life, and you can, you can choose to have a better team. And that's what I wanted to share with you tonight, is, like, if you, if you're looking at your list and you're like, oh, man, like, this is not my best team. Like, you have the chance and the opportunity to change that. Um, and, and so my, my pull to you is um, maybe you're sitting there looking at your list thinking, like, man, I don't have the best team picked out. Like, that team can change. Um, I, think, I think sometimes it's like we feel like a heavy weight a little bit when it's like, oh, man, it's, like, not the best. Um, and we're just like, oh, man, this is crazy. Uh, but that's a good thing because I think God wants us to realize, like, certain things so that we can, we can choose better. We can choose more wisely. And we have the chance to, which is the really cool thing. And so I'd encourage you, if you're not in a life group and you don't have the best of team or the best of friends, sign up. Sign up this weekend. You have time. Like, we still have time. We want you in a life group. I think that's going to be the people that are going to be the best people that you've got. Um, maybe you're sitting there going, like, man, I have a good team. Um, like, like my high school team, it's a pretty good team, you know, like, but I could add more. I could add more. Maybe you just come to the weekend services like I did in high school. Like, I used to just go to the weekend services and I felt fine, but my team could have been better. I could have been in a life group, but I just chose not to, and it was the worst. Sign up for a life group. I think it would be awesome, awesome, awesome. And the second thing, maybe you do have the best team. Maybe you're like, man, my life group's on there. I got people following Jesus all over the place. This is the best. Um... I would encourage you to continue to sign up for your life group. Continue to do that. If you did not re-sign up, you need to. Um, life groups starts on Tuesday. You guys, 
we want you in a life group. Get in a life group. If you're just like, man, Tuesday is not, I can't do Tuesday. I have another commitment or something like that. We've got Sunday groups now. So talk to Justin. That is also an option. It's Sunday group for girls, Sunday group for boys. It is awesome. Um, my plug to you is born, join a team. Join a life group. If you're not in a life group, you need to be one. I want you just to take a step of faith to be on the best team because sometimes it's hard. It's a hard decision to do, but it's the best decision. Um, so really, what I want to do now is just to pray for you guys, and then we're just going to worship together in community because we're all here, and this is like a family. This is a place where we're supposed to be safe and just feel welcomed and accepted and loved, and like I love that you guys feel that way. And this is just a chance where we get to be a huge family and worship God together, and I want to do that today. So let me just pray for you, pray for your decision to join a life group, and then we'll just go into worship. Lord, I just thank you so much for every single student in this room, Lord. I thank you just for... Um, just who you've made them to be, God, and that they just feel um, accepted and like they belong here, God. If they don't, God, I just pray that that would happen. Lord, I just pray, Lord, uh, that you would just give them the faith to just jump into um, joining a life group, God. And if there's anything hindering them, Lord, that they would um, they would just be able to um, figure that out, God. I just pray, um, Lord, that you would just allow them and move in their hearts just to sign up for a life group, God, that they can just be around the best people and have the best team on their side, God, to give them wisdom and sharpen them when they don't feel like following you and they don't feel like they want wisdom, God. Um, but, Lord, you want the best for us, God, and that's why you have created these things, God, and you've created communities. So, God, I just pray that you would just be with us as we worship tonight, um, and I just ask, God, that you would just move in our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. You guys can go ahead and worship. Like I said, the prayer walls are open if you want to use that. If you want to pray with a leader, we would love to pray for you. There's a verse in scripture that says, if you are looking for wisdom, you should ask God. And there's another verse that says that the beginning of wisdom is where you start accepting God's love for you and when you realize that he is so good. So this song is gonna sing about God's love specifically for us, for each, every individual person. It says me and I. And then it goes and sings us. And so it starts with the individual and then, and then extends itself into the whole group. And so we're going to sing that he loves me and then we're going to sing that he loves us. Um, yeah, a lot of you know this song. If you don't ex understand all the words, that's okay. There's parts that you'll get, there's parts that you won't. But just feel this uh, freedom in this time to just pray or to write or to think or to sing.
again, he is jealous for me. He is jealous for me. His love's like a God, I pray that as we chase after your love, God, that we would see that that's where we find wisdom. God, when the rest of our school is telling us that wisdom is found in things that don't last, God, that we would realize that there is a place where our hope and our lives will last forever, God, and that we have a, a peace that surpasses understanding. God, when people get upset, when fights break out in our school or crazy things happen, God, that we would remember that you are the one who calms the crazy seas in our souls, God. When life gets nuts, that you are the one who brings peace. You're the one who brings wisdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.